Hi, I'm Brandon Briscoe, and welcome to another episode of The Postscript, Living Faith Bible Institute's weekly podcast and YouTube series, where we interview pastors and professors and missionaries from across the Living Faith Fellowship on all kinds of topics, from missions to theology, to just ministry life, being a Christian. Now, this week, I'm interviewing Pastor Chris Best, the missions pastor at Midtown Baptist Temple. Now, if you've been with us for any length of time on these shows, you know that the Living Faith Fellowship is about church planting. When we talk about missions, we're talking about planting local churches all over the world. In fact, this is what our Mission Focus Conference is about every year. Uh, but I have Pastor Chris here because uh, I'm really interested in him telling the story of how Midtown Baptist Temple came to a place where we figured out a methodology, a structure, a philosophy of how to actually get this done. And so I'm really excited about having, having him here with us. So Pastor Chris, welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. It's, it's good to have you here. We see each other throughout the week a lot, but this is a little bit different setting. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> good to be here. You, be you feel comfortable behind the mic? Is this good? I think so. Yeah. Okay, yeah, awesome. Right. So as we get started, um, you and I both were here at the very beginning of the of MBT as a church plant, which is a really unique experience. And uh, we often refer to it as kind of like a pioneering work. Mm -hmm. It required a lot of grit and faith and desperacy, if you will. Could you just start by telling us a little bit about how you got involved in missions at MBT? I mean, you've been the Kidtown guy. You've worn a lot of hats. How did you become the missions guy here at Midtown? Yeah, so really... To summarize it, it's the, uh, I saw a need and filled the need. And so we had all been about the mission, as you described. And, and as we grew as a ministry and as, as the ministry developed and, and things came into focus, I started to get a burden uh, for how actually we are going to fulfill uh, this mission. Mm-hmm. So, so holding services, we're not just holding services. Okay, how are we actually going to train up and send? Okay, so that's a lot of work. Yeah. That's a lot of communication. That's a lot of coordination. And I started to develop a, a burden for that. Right. Um, if we're going to do this, was the thought. Uh, it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take organization. And, and at that point, we didn't have a structure in place for that. We didn't have a structure in place for much of anything, really. <laughs> no, we didn't. We were flying by the seat of our pants uh, a little bit. But we needed some planning is what you're saying. Yeah. And so I started to get a burden for that. And really, you know, unless somebody does this, mm -hmm. we're not going to plant churches. Right. And right, you know, shortly thereafter, and this is how it seems like God works. Shortly thereafter, Sam brings it up in a meeting like, hey, someone's going to have to own missions. Mm-hmm. And um, I had already had the burden, and so I just basically said, "Yeah, I, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll do that." And the conversation that followed is is, per, you know, paraphrasing perhaps, um, it's going to be a lot of work. You know, I was already doing a lot of ministry at that time, but again, with the burden, you know, I. I didn't want someone else to do it their way. I wanted to. I, I wanted to make sure that the things that God had put on my heart to make that happen, that those were going to be able to happen. So, and I thank God. You know, Kenny Morgan has taken over Connections, which is a huge our, our hospitality ministry, just yeah. huge ministry. And, yeah. and and so I, you know, that's been taken off my plate. 
and then, Gordon is Gordon Kimball helps you with the children's ministry, and these are all things that you used to oversee very closely. Yes, and now you're moving more into a more focused missions role. Yes, I've yeah. been able to step back in terms of, and now I'm just really oversight over the children's ministry. Yeah. And uh, Gordon's just a machine. Yeah, I mean he's just a he's organized, organized, yeah. <laughs> and everything plugs away. And so from a day to day perspective, I don't, I'm not right. that involved, and I am way more focused on. on now you're t- you're talking about the passion and the burden for missions, and that made me think of the, you know you have to have a, a DNA um, kind of built in a, a perspective, a way of thinking, um, in order to be passionate. And so maybe you could just express a little bit about that DNA that you and Sam shared and um, and what how that informed your approach to, to leading the missions team. Yeah, so uh, we had moved back to Kansas City. My family and I had moved back to Kansas City in 2005. Mm-hmm. We were plugged, getting plugged back in at Kansas City Baptist Temple mm-hmm. in Alan's class and... and and uh, Alan Shelby, Alan it, Shelby's yeah. class mm-hmm. there, and and about that time, Sam was starting this thing called Crosstown Missions, mm-hmm. and so we went out to lunch, and he did the infamous napkin, right? And which sounds like something that like like a mafia guy does, or a famous <laughs> entrepreneur, yeah, or a magic trick, like right, ta-da. the napkin thing, the napkin thing, yeah. So what the napkin thing is is he just laid out a very simple ministry philosophy with a circle on a map napkin. So the circle on the napkin represents just a group who are not an end unto themselves, mm-hmm. but just a group who are going to go out and simply in faith make disciples mm-hmm. somewhere outside of the four walls of the local church. So just as the church, go make disciples somewhere. But then instead of just holding services, that that group is going to train leaders. So are going to make disciples. That includes evangelism. That includes baptizing. That includes training leaders. But instead of just trying to grow into a bigger group, that right. group is then going to train those leaders and then send them out to do the mm-hmm. same. Okay, now you have two circles on the napkin. Right. Those circles are not ends unto themselves. They all love each other. It's the same family. We're going to stay connected, but we're also both going to now be doing the same thing. Yeah. Making disciples, training leaders. And then now as, as those two reproduce themselves and send leaders, now you've got four circles on your napkin. Yeah. Okay, that ministry philosophy of making disciples, training leaders, and sending, not not people who are going to go out and be an end unto themselves, but people who are going to continue that DNA. Yeah. Okay, that's exciting. Right. That was a mission worth laying my life down for. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, fast forward— Crosstown Missions became an autonomous church, right. not through division, not through strife, but just as we obediently went and fulfilled the mission that God gave us, Kansas City Baptist Temple, they said, well, hey, you kind of look like a church, you act like a church, you walk like a church, you smell like a church, mm-hmm. you got a pastor, <laughs> just be a church. Mm-hmm. And so we became an autonomous local testament right. church through that process. Okay, now Midtown Baptist Temple as a church is growing. It's maturing. 
We start a Bible Institute. Oh my goodness, there's a lot of life happening. People are coming, but not everybody's seen the napkin. Right. Not everybody understands what it is actually we're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. We There is so, so much life. Yeah. So many young people who want to be pastors and missionaries and church planters and, and leaders of ministry within the church. Okay, they all have to get out there on the napkin over there. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. But then we have to stay connected. And we have to work. That's just so much coordination that went into that. That's where my passion came from is I didn't want to lose the thing worth laying our lives down for. So what you're saying is is really interesting. I know it's this is our story at Midtown Baptist Temple. Mm-hmm. But we're, what we're talking about is something that I think a lot of churches, in terms of missions, probably all need to discover for themselves is how to make church planting and missions generational, yes. right? How to avoid becoming a monument or, uh, you know, uh, some sort of whited sepulcher of, of something that you once were. You, you, you could even accidentally just grow your church to a place where it, it kind of hedges people out of the original vision and intent. And so you're kind of talking about how to avoid doing that. Um, yeah. In terms of advice, how do you think churches ensure that this does not happen to them, right? That they they forget to, to teach the other generations about what it means to be pioneering in their approach to church planning and missions. Yeah, that that's an that 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 may be the most important thing for mm-hmm. a church. And I think it's our biggest challenge in my mind is hey, how do we not lose a pioneering spirit when we're not pioneers anymore? Right. And I think the answer is we're going to plant churches. Yeah. So we will always have a part of us that are training. Training for what? What are we training leaders for? We're training them to send them off. Yeah. Okay. There, so there is an there is a culture here of preparing to go. Mm-hmm. So missions includes going. Go ye therefore. You can't replenish the earth and just build a tower and make a name for yourself. Right. No, we're not trying to make a name for ourselves. We're not trying to build a tower. We're trying to scatter. We're trying to go. We're trying to replenish the earth. So missions requires going. So if we are constant, okay, going requires training. That's what makes this exciting. Sometimes I'll say, look, you don't know the next time you open your Bible or close your eyes to pray, maybe the time when God calls you to go. Right. Well, you need to be ready for that. You need to be prepared. You need to be constantly training and ready. And there's a culture for that at Midtown Baptist Temple. Now, we're lucky. We started as a group on a mission, and God made us a church. Mm-hmm. Okay. We didn't start as a church and added a missions department. Yeah, God added a church to his mission. We did not add a mission department to our church. Mm -hmm. So think on that for just a second. Because here's what happens a lot of times. Someone says, hey, I want to be a church planter. I got my degree. I sent out a mailer to the suburbs, the newest up-and-coming suburbs that doesn't have enough churches for the amount of families. And I sent a mailer to everybody there. I rented the theater. We've got a sign in the yard. And our first Sunday is a big event. We're bringing in someone or we're doing something, and we're going to see how many people we can get on week one. And maybe we could get 100 people mm-hmm. to attend our church. And so let's say you do a good job, and 100 people show up, and you say, yes, we're a church. 
yeah, I don't think you have anything worth having. Mm-hmm. I don't think you have a church. I don't think you've made one disciple. Right. You haven't done the mission that God gave the church yeah, to do. It makes me think of like someone who cooks with a recipe, right? They've got a recipe, but what the, the thing that they're making is not what they set out to make. Like in other words, yeah. they don't they don't they wanted to bake a cake and somehow they ended up baking brownies. And it's just not they used a prescription yes. and the system was faulty from the beginning because it wasn't sourced in the heartbeat of God and the mission of God. Exactly. Yeah. So so for us, we were already doing the mission when we became a church. We mm-hmm. added our church to the mission. So for us, this the the key for us personally is to keep the main thing, the main thing. And so yeah. mission, so discipleship's the main thing. Well, missions is we got to go do it elsewhere also. Yeah. So we're training, we're preparing, we're supporting those that go through the missions department. But the 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 biggest error I think that people do is they just add a missions program to their church. Mm-hmm. Or it'd be like just adding a discipleship program and saying, Well, we are fulfilling the mission that God gave the church. And it's like, well, maybe. You need to add your church to God's purpose. Throughout history, God has, you know, God has always been looking for those people who will commit to his purpose, his will. And they're just say, God, here I am. Have your way in my life. I will lay down my life that others may live. Yeah. And a church needs to do that. And so, you know, if you're not training and you're not sending actively, I think it'd be very difficult to have a culture of missions in which that's at the forefront. That's that's really good. That's a really important point. Um, and, you know, through the years of, you know, we've planted a few churches. We're still a young church. Yes. Uh, we, we are only, we're still just figuring things out. Um, and as we go, we've had f- failures or things that God has had to protect us and, and extend an extra measure of grace in, in the way that we've done things. And so maybe you could talk about some of the failures that that we've had to learn from over the years in terms of missions and church planning. Yes. So we have definitely dropped the ball in some areas. And I think the main area that we we dropped the ball on is we did not do a good job of supporting the ones that we sent. Mm-hmm. So we sent Mark Schaefer to to plant a church in Tampa and we we sent missionaries to to Asia and what happened was we we were all about the mission yeah we were all we're very excited send, about that and, yeah. and and we knew we came from a family thank god for a family you know tree Mm-hmm. A lineage, a spiritual lineage that's one of training and sending, but we also came from a family tree that didn't always do the best job at supporting, supporting the family, the, S- supporting the, the, the ones that, that they, they trained the, up and sent. Yeah, yeah. So we, you know, we kind of determined we're not going to be like that. We're going to be a functional church family. We're going to stay in communication. We're going to support them really well, and that is harder. <laughs> to do than you might think. Right. And so, you know, one thing for me personally that I learned is don't assume people are doing okay. Mm-hmm. You have to make sure people are doing okay. Cause we like, we're tough, stoic, Baptist, 
you know, like, like we're just go, we'll just heap more on ourselves and yeah. keep going. And they got the word of God. They'll be fine. They got the word of God. Pat, they got the spirit pat them of God. On the back, kick them out the back door. See you, <laughs> see you next year. Here's your Bible. Here's the spirit of the Lord. Here's a, here's a thousand bucks. We'll see you at the judgment seat. You right, know, right. Come back for mission focus if you can. I, I, hopefully it wasn't quite like that. That's, that's what we determined we weren't going to do. Right, yeah. Okay. But. You know, um, we didn't support them very much. So the, a lot of the, and I would say it this way, a lot of the communication that I personally had with the ones that we sent was reactive. Mm-hmm. So in other words, no news is good news. I'm, I'm just going to assume they're doing okay. And if they're not, they'll tell me. Right. Well, that's that's not a very good way to support the people you send out on the front lines, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think probably that would be the biggest, the the biggest thing that, that, that we, that I learned from that, that we have been focusing on, you know, if you can't support someone, don't send them. That's not yeah, cool. Right. You know, and, and, and if you're going to send someone, well, you need to make sure you're taking care of them properly. What's it take to, to support a missionary or a church planner. I mean, like, what does it look like to support the work? So we've, we've learned, we've thought critically about what we did wrong. We've learned from past failures. Mm-hmm. What do we do now in terms of extending love and support and communication? What do we do now that, that seems to fix that um, in future church plants? Yeah, so that's that's a good question. Um, really two things the the main thing is that uh, it takes a church to send somebody Mm -hmm. okay so the missions department doesn't send somebody sam miles doesn't send somebody midtown baptist temple sends people the church well the church is not an organization the church is not a central office the church is the people you are the body of christ Uh and members in particular and the way God has designed this thing is, is we as a church are going to go. So, so we have a church plant in Vietnam we're looking at next year. Mm-hmm. We are going to Vietnam. It's not right. just Pastor Andrew right. and Rachel Long and their family and the team that's going to go. It's, it's Midtown Baptist Temple. Now, they're the ones actually, obviously, there's going to be a team that goes, but it's us as a church that's doing this. And so it I if it's just me and it's up to me to talk to all the 50 adults that we've sent out and then Andrew, yeah, it's never going to happen. And plus they don't all want to talk to me. <laughs> they they want to talk to me about the numbers or, or right. maybe a, a strategic decision or something, but they want to talk to their friends. They want to talk to their prayer team support leaders, which we have set. So so one thing that we've learned is it takes the whole body to do this. And so we've set up a structure and we've improved our, our mission prep training. Mm-hmm. So now before somebody goes, they've, they've spent a year working with their missionary support team leader. Mm-hmm. So Mike Renault is is in Boston, but he's got Jeff and Kylie Gracier and and Jorge and Gabby running their missionary support team. Right, and that team communicates and it coordinates, and so there's intercessory prayer that's going on, and that communication is facilitated. There's a direct line of communication, and then that missionary support team is going to they can present church wide 
prayer requests when right. when they're needed. And so we've enabled that communication. And then people are trained. We're uh, Pastor James Fife. He's over mission support. So we're learning as a church what are the areas of mission support that are required to take care of the ones that we send and the ones that we mm-hmm. support. Which I think, so I'm hearing you say two things. I want you to expound on them a little bit more. Okay. But you're saying that that in the church, uh, for every missionary that we have and for every church plant that we begin, we have a team of, of lay people in mm-hmm. the church, leaders, people that are leaders in our church, um, who remain connected to that group of individuals, and they're the ones that are responsible for continuing to convey uh, the heartbeat of that work. And so they might be visiting regularly to wherever that work is, but they're definitely on the phone with them. They're definitely exchanging emails. They're definitely reaching out and saying, hey, do you have any needs, any prayer requests? And then they're communicating that body-wide. And as we have 15, 20, 25, 100 of those teams then that information continually gets to the body in, a, in, a, in appropriate ways and is communicated churchwide, and there's a constant connection. Yes. Yes. And so all those things are true, mm-hmm. and we've actually put a structure to it all. Mm-hmm. So we have Miles and Lisa Cheadle, who mm-hmm. are over just the area of communication. It's really hard to get everything communicated to everybody. Right. We don't. We can't overwhelm everybody with everything, but at the same time, how can we pray if we don't know? Yeah. And so we've got Miles and Lisa Cheadle who are working with the Fives on the area of communication. James and Rosie are heading up this this whole this whole ministry. I like to think of it. It's the name. It's the title of a book. But I like to think of it as serving as senders. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a book by Neil Pirolo, mm-hmm. P-I-R-O-L-O, Serving as Senders. He lays out six different areas of missionary support. A local church needs to take care of moral support, logistical support, financial support, prayer support, communication, and then reentry. Mm-hmm. Reentry is a big deal. Right. When the fives came back, we did a good job. You did a good job. Actually, you were heading up a lot of their re-entry, but we as a body owned that. Sure. And it really helped them come back. Yes. And and that's a that's a time of turmoil. That's for, tough. It's a super tough time. Not all missionaries do well with that. Yeah. Well, that's one that's one of the six areas mm-hmm. of missionary support. And, and so what we've got is we've got I can't think of any better people on the planet yeah. than James and Rosie Five. Because they've experienced the whole entire cycle of what you're talking about. Every one of those things on that list that you just mentioned, they went through it, they experienced it for good and for bad. And now yes. they're here on our team helping us make sure we get that right in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. And they'll They'll get her done. They will. Now, so so what they're going to do is they're going to lead all of the mission support. They'll lead our body to support our missionaries mm-hmm. is what they're going to do. Our, our, the ones we send and the ones we support, we need to take care of them. And so that's what James and Rosie are doing. And they'll, they'll be working with all the missionary support team leaders who will then lead their teams, and thereby we will mobilize the body to do the work as serving as senders. Mm-hmm. So I think of the Moravians. Okay, so the Moravian was the, they were the like the earliest 
organized missionary senders. Yeah. Okay. It's a missions movement. It was a missions movement. And um, of, of evangelists who had kind of the, the model that we're talking about, where it's like, hey, let's just mobilize and establish churches, church planning all over the world. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the Moravians under Count Zinzendorf mm-hmm. sent and sent and sent, and everybody owned the mission. So the people that went owned the mission by serving as sent ones. They're going to lay down their lives that others may live by going and planting churches, preaching mm-hmm. the gospel. And, and then the ones who didn't go, though, they're still going to own the mission. Yeah. Their job is to serve as senders. So they're not serving by being sent, but they're serving as senders. Mm-hmm. So financially, they're starting businesses. They're doing all sorts of things to support the mission. So the whole group okay, was all about the mission, the ones that went and the ones that stayed home. Well, we need to have a culture of missions in Midtown. Mm-hmm. I'm not on the mission field somewhere. I'm here, but I'm 100% in in terms of serving as a sender. And if God would ever send me, well, then I'll, I'll go and I'll do that. And other people will. Serve. So anyway, um, I don't remember what the original question. No, that's good. You you answered my question. That's perfect. But I do want to know more about the rest of your missions team. So we've talked about support and communication. What about the other parts of the team that you find really important? Yeah. So Obviously, we had to build out a structure which would enable us to do the work of both sending and supporting. Mm -hmm. So what we've got, we've got um, a mission board, which oversees the finances of it. Mm -hmm. And it's just to keep us, you know, covered, make sure everything's accountable. We we have, uh, I mentioned our mission support teams. So we've got teams and team leaders over the different people we've sent and the people that we support. And, it, and it's a little different, but we've basically got the whole world and all the people that we've covered, uh, sorry, that we've sent covered by a missionary support team. So mm-hmm. they're getting prayed for. So those right. teams obviously have a leadership and a structure. Um, we have a missions team. Okay. So whereas it was just me and every single ball right. was getting dropped early on it was just early you on. and christine your wife helping you yeah manage and that was things. just obviously not gonna work <laughs> right but you've added james fife we've got we've got pastor james fife james is over the 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 missionary support we've got pastor will mata mm-hmm. uh, over missions trips we've got miles Cheadle over communication so I have the world's greatest people, <laughs> just the best people besides you, the, the best and you guys, the best people in the whole world on my team. And, and, and so, man, I thank God for that. We've got our wives, our helpmates. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just plug out there to the helpmates, you know, we'd never get anything done without you. Just yeah. thank God for our helpmates. But all of our wives are on this team and function as mostly as coordinators. Yeah, it doesn't hurt that they're like every one of the wives are administratively gifted. They're all very administratively so gifted. So you scored big time in that arena. And <laughs> and we have an administrator. Heather mm-hmm. DeYoung is our administrator. Mm-hmm. So we actually have, check this out, we have accurate, up-to-date, accessible data. Yeah. 
that I can just go online and find it in the right file and it's mm-hmm. right there. And, and yeah. so, man, I thank God for Heather. Our coordinators, it, it, let's say that that you were wanted to lead a, a missions trip. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a few years ago, you would have just said, hey, Chris, I want to do a missions trip. And I'd say, God bless you. <laughs> go for it. Okay, right. you're on your own. Let me know how it goes. Mm-hmm. Now you would talk to Will Mata. We have we have training for our mission trip leaders. We have a coordinator over anywhere we would go. All of our ministry partners, we have coordinators that work with them. They know all sorts of things like travel, you know, plane tickets, train tickets, renting the van, the, the, all these sort of logistical things, visas. We they they get they. Uh, what about immunizations? Mm-hmm. What about all these travel? Okay, well they've got all they that. They gather information. that data for every trip. They've 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 been gathering data from the different trips. Mm-hmm. They have all this information. They actually they have the cultural awareness things from mm-hmm. that region, and so they will even, if the team leader is willing, there they will even give you a meeting schedule with all of these different things, culture, travel, immunization, plane tickets, money, they'll, they'll write out a meeting schedule for mm-hmm. the trip leaders. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Right. Okay, It's become so efficient. It's become very efficient. So, so we have all these things in place in terms of the mission team. We also, ha- so that's in terms of missions trips. We also have mission prep dinners that we've started. Mm-hmm. This is like the missions club, okay? We've got LFBI, which is our main teaching institution. We've got ministry teams where people are trained up in leadership. Everyone in the church ought to be preparing for the mission sure. to serve as some as a sent one or as a, as a as someone who's serving to support staying here. But there are some who they God's called me. I know they, I'm they supposed know to go yeah. and they know it, or they've got that burden and they're trying to figure out whether they know it. So they can come to our mission prep dinners and it serves as a shoot mm-hmm. to direct them onto the mission field or perhaps as a filter to put them into the maybe not yet category. Right. But it helps people come. What are to that some of the conversations that you guys are having? Because it's learning, it's fellowship, it's sharpening. But but there's there's an agenda each time you get together. What are some of the things that you talk about with these potential uh, missionaries? Yeah. So um, the DNA. Mm-hmm. So the DNA of of this church is what God has given us. Well, everything reproduces after its own kind, right? Right. That's what we're interested in reproducing. Now, that DNA may be expressed differently in Vietnam than it is in Tampa, than it is in Lee Summit, than it is in Boston, than it is in your Bible study, but it's the same DNA. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so one of our evenings, this might have been my favorite evening and probably the least favorite evening of all the attendees, but I just did a pop quiz. Mm. How well do you know the DNA of MBT? So what are the four goals of discipleship? What's our church mission statement? What are the six different principles that governs Kidtown? How often does the junior high and high school meet? Give me two verses that support the preservation of God's word. So so just kind of basic yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. about who MBT sure. is. Okay. Yeah. What's the main evangelistic outreach of Kaya? Okay. 
my point was, okay, not to discourage anybody. By the way, Meredith Renault rocked it. She nailed all of it. She just she she should have been teaching that night. Yeah, my Meredith is Mike Renault, um, his wife, yes. who we just recently interviewed. So, oh, so people you? should be familiar with Mike a little bit. But yeah, um, but yeah, man, he he his wife is pretty amazing. What happened was Meredith realized they were going to be sent to Boston. Mm -hmm. So, I see her next week in the back of the church working with the AV team. Right learning how to do AV, working in Kidtown, making sure she understood how Kidtown worked, talking with, I think she, you know, she, she, she visited, went around. She, she visited the College of Young Adult Bible Studies. She, she went, like, there's, if there's a ministry thing going on, she went and she checked it out. She had to get a sneak peek on everything because just like you're saying, she knew that the responsibility was to reproduce what we've learned is effective ministry. Yes. Yeah. So Meredith knew she was going. She knew she was going soon, and she took it to heart mm -hmm. that she, if she was going to go under the umbrella of God's hand of blessing. So God has blessed Midtown Baptist Temple. We're just obeying. We're not doing anything right, I'm sure, but everything we're doing, we're doing obedience to what he told us to do mm -hmm. to go make disciples. Everything yeah. else is just strategy. Right. Meredith was like, okay, I have, if this is what we're going to reproduce, I have to figure out what it is mm -hmm. beyond just a name. Right. So she had already done all this hard work. Most of the people who I believe with all my heart, God is sending, preparing to be sent out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they didn't do so great mm -hmm. because they hadn't got to that point where the, the kind of the light bulb went off that this is what I'm going to reproduce. Now, we don't need clones of right. MBT. We're not trying to do that. But there are certain elements of the DNA that need to be reproduced. We right. don't have anything else to reproduce. We're right. not doing anything else besides doing what God told us to mm -hmm. do. And I wouldn't have comfortable, I wouldn't be comfortable going out and trying to do something different. God didn't tell me to do something different. He right. told us to make disciples. Yeah, who we are is who we are is who we are. It's right. who we are. So yeah. So that was probably my favorite night on the mm -hmm. mission, the yeah. mission prep night. But but we talk a lot about very practical aspects of going. Mm -hmm. So we've had several people and they've had to sell their houses and move to an apartment to and to get rid of stuff, to to get rid to of start the, saving money. To save money, to pay off debt. If you're change, gonna, change, you know, the career paths. I got we um, got people selling cars. We got people changing career paths, taking English as a second language. Mm -hmm. Um if God's calling them to go, it's gonna require a lot. So so we have kind of a club where if you and I are both in that shoot, it's like, hey, where are you at? Mm -hmm. This is where I'm at. You know, and, and the conversations are fun. It's like, how do you sell a house? I've never done that. Yeah, right. I bought a house. I don't know how to sell a house. What do mm -hmm. I have to do? And right. it's like, well, we got to paint that thing to start with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's horrible. <laughs> Orange house you got. We got to fix that. But, you know, so a lot of some of it's practical, but mm -hmm. there's just a lot of people who are realizing maybe they're entangled with the affairs of this life a little more than they thought. And that's all of us, I think, right. probably. But at the point at which you get serious about going, like, where are you going again? Oh, yeah, how are you working? How are you doing with language acquisition? Mm -hmm. Oh, you haven't started yet. Okay, well, how are you doing on your LFBI classes? 
Oh, you're failing? Oh, how are you doing with your finances? You're in debt? Okay, well, then I don't think you're serious about going. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do when you get there? Right. You can't speak the language. You can't afford to take anyone out for coffee. You don't know your Bible. I. Good luck with that. I'm not sending you. Right. So anyway, and, and I'm... We don't have sure, but it's a it's a much more. What you're saying is that the missions prep night affords people an opportunity to have much more serious, consecrated conversations. It raises the bar in terms of the cost of going, yes. right? Really counting that cost, and then it, what it does is it equip them. Now, this is, the conversation was here when you were just living the mission in Kansas City. Yes, but now when this the conversation has changed and it's here. And we're going to have this conversation, and that's a, a, a way of sharpening people. So this would be an excellent illustration of why we need. Okay, so so we had started earlier talking about the developing a culture of missions, and how do we how do we remember the early days? How mm -hmm. do we not lose that pioneering spirit? Okay, so with the missions prep group, I feel a little bit like a coach. Mm -hmm. Okay, if a coach sends players out and those players just get hurt. You're thinking, first they, of all, from a football perspective, because that's how you go. I'm thinking football yeah, perspective. You send them yeah. out on the football field. I'm going to send them out on the football field. And okay. if I haven't trained them, if, I'm, if I haven't been a good coach. Yeah, whose fault is that really? Right. If everybody <laughs> comes back hurt, if everybody right. comes back injured, if we lose every game because no one knows what they're doing, that's not the kids' fault. Right. So bad coaches blame their kids when there's a loss. Well, okay, no coach. You sent all those kids out there unprepared. What did you think was going to happen? Right. Okay, I remember the early days. They don't. Mm-hmm. I know how hard it is. They have no idea how hard it is. There's a hymn. I love mm -hmm. this hymn. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll read you some lyrics yeah, from this do. hymn. The, the hymn is called "There Is No Gain But by Loss." Okay, it goes like this: There is no gain but by a loss. We cannot save but by the cross. The corn of wheat to multiply must fall to the ground and there must die. Oh, should a soul alone remain when it a hundredfold can gain? Oh, should a soul alone remain when it a hundredfold can gain? And then the third uh, stanza of this, wherever you ripe fields behold, waving to God their sheaves of gold, be sure some corn of wheat has died, some saintly souls been crucified, someone has suffered, wept and prayed, and fought hell's legions undismayed. Someone has suffered, wept and prayed, and fought hell's legions undismayed. And so what my, my fear is that we'll have people that are called by God, and we've trained them up academically, and they've worked on a ministry team here mm -hmm. where there's ripe fields waving their sheaves mm -hmm. and then they're going to go out and and that's what they're planning to reproduce the problem is the only way you get that is through falling to the ground breaking open and dying mm. and you're falling onto a hard ground so a church planting team is going to go somewhere and they're going to end up in a community that doesn't want them there and when people see them walking down the streets with their Bibles and their tracks, they're going to be looking for a way out. Oh, great. How can I avoid those Jesus freaks? 
people don't want them there. The devil is against them. Mm-hmm. It's a really hard work in the early days. Mm-hmm. People need to be prepared to lay down their lives. They ha- You have to look at the world as a mission field, not as a source of satisfaction. So one of my goals with the mission prep group and then the mission's just as a whole at Midtown, is help people understand that. And if I right. can help people separate from the world now, then when they go and they're just, it's just them and God, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Well, then they're okay. They knew that was coming. I've been a good coach, letting them know, right. hey, strap it on because you're going to go out there. Do you know your plays? Do you know what you're going to do? Do you know what the other team's going to be doing. And 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 so anyway, no, yes, yeah. we're going to reproduce the DNA that God has blessed here. Absolutely. But listen, that's going to happen. It's going to cost you the rest. Of, it's going to be the work of the rest of your life. Sure. To get to that point. And we have to, you know, what you're saying is we have to communicate that really from beginning to end. And it's an ongoing and evolving conversation, but from beginning to end, like, hey, uh, you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? Well, guess what? You're going to have to die. Oh, oh, you want to start D2 or LFBI, or you want a ministry leadership role over here or there? Well, guess what? You're going to have to die. Uh, You want to go plant a church? Oh, okay. Well, you're going to have to, you're going to have to die to self and and, and the satisfactions of this world. It's really important. And and, uh, I'm grateful that 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 mindset um, permeates the things that we do here. Now, with Midtown in mind, I mean, again, we're, we're having a conversation about the way we're doing things and the way we're seeing things, but I imagine there's a lot of people that are listening right now from different churches with different situations, small churches who are maybe still in that pioneer phase yes, um, or churches that have been around for a really long time. You know, we've got churches in our fellowship that are 50, 60, 70 years old, and maybe they're in just a completely different phase. I think all of this is relevant. Could you, if there was something that you felt like needed to be communicated to Bible-believing Christians in terms of the mission, a, you know, a really broad thing to share, what, what would you share with them to encourage them and keep them focused on, on the work that we've been called to in the Great Commission? I think that from the broadest, you know, 50,000-foot overview— I think throughout history, God has been at work. He has a purpose and he has a plan. Mm-hmm. And it it flows through all of human history from a secular perspective. It flows through all of church history. Through every dispensation, you can identify the the chief steward who's been given the job of somehow taking the image of God with God's blessing mm-hmm. and then reproducing that okay to fill the earth for the glory of God right and there is throughout history in different times and different places different people who have added their name to that company that says, yes, I will be about my father's business. Mm-hmm. And and so I think in terms of churches, make sure there is a structure in place 
to do that. Don't get distracted by churchy ministry, other stuff. It's 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 possible to be so busy doing ministry that that we don't actually fulfill the mission that God gave us mm-hmm. for the individual. And you know, I think that as an individual, we need to look at Romans chapter 12 verse 1 very carefully. Okay, so all through Romans, we get the doctrinal aspect. In Romans 7, we see you can't just try harder. It's about walking in the Spirit, Mm. Romans 8. But Romans 8 doesn't tell you how to walk in the Spirit. You don't get that till Romans chapter 12, verse 1, where we're actually finally given the key, which says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Okay, so motivated by the mercy of God. What is that? Well, that's God looking down at the lost and not being okay with it, Yeah, being motivated to do something about it. Okay, well, based on the mercies of God, will you, Bible believer, present your body a living sacrifice? Mm -hmm. Okay, so what does that mean to present my body a living sacrifice? Well, it's kind of just like signing up in the Lord's army. You go to the recruiting station and you just write down your name and says, I'll go where I'm sent. I'll do what I'm told. I, I know from Romans 7, I'm not going to do it perfectly. But you know what? I'm just signing up for duty. Wherever, whatever, however, poverty, riches, it, moving, not moving. God, here I am. I present my body. It's the presentation. And what you're saying is, God, I will surrender control of my life, of my circumstances to you. Mm. Here I am, have your way. And then and then with that, now as we look at God's plan, his purpose and will throughout time, we find out that in the church age it's about making disciples. Well, but it's also about going. It's about sending, it's about preparing. So so my are my feet shod with the preparation of gospel of peace. James did a good idea, uh, Pastor Fife, in one of our services recently, described this. That doesn't just mean you have a good quiet time. No, listen, am I prepared? Do I know my Bible? Am I ready to go? We we have a structure for that here. Mm -hmm. So for the church, I would just say, make sure there's a structure in place for people to actually obey the mission that God gave us. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then for individuals, we'll find out what that is in your local church and start moving forward because it's through the local church that God works during the church age, during yeah. this dispensation. So I, I think the the just keep the main thing the main thing. And then, you know, if there's no structure for it, I, I don't know how yeah. someone could you possibly have to be, be intentional. Successful. You have to be, be intentional. You have to be deliberate. It's yeah. not going to happen otherwise. Right. Yeah. Well, Chris, man, thank you for hanging out with us. Yeah, my pleasure. And and spending time having a conversation about the thing that you're most passionate about. Yes. And uh, it's motivating and, and uh, inspiring, I think, for everybody. It's fun to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, thank you. And thank you as well for joining us for another episode of The Postscript. Uh, we hope that you will consider subscribing to the podcast. Uh, so that way you can stay up to date and be notified each time a new episode comes out, especially as the PS Plus episodes begin to come out uh, in between our segments here on the Postscript. You want to stay in tune with that. Also, you can follow us on YouTube if you prefer watching us by video. Now, all this conversation we've had today about church planting and missions, 
Um, we know lots of churches talk about church planning, and we know a lot of churches talk about missions. Um, but but we do believe that our approach uh, is is perhaps uh, a little bit unique, uh, and maybe even our level of radicality in the way that we talk about missions is a little bit unique. And if it inspires you in any way, if the conversation with Chris today was inspiring, and you're like, I want that philosophy of church planning, uh, I want that philosophy of going and telling the world about Christ, well, visit lfbi.org. Uh, check out Living Faith Bible Institute. See what we have to offer in terms of training. You can actually do ministry training in your local church. You don't have to go anywhere. You just plug in and you get involved. And then the academic side of that will challenge you to do that the right way. And so we want to invite you to consider LFBI. Um, but until next week, we ask that God would bless you. Uh, we're praying for you and we hope this time was edifying. See you next week. Hey, Postscript listeners, we've hit 52 episodes and we're so thankful for the fact that you've joined us for so many interviews with pastors and professors as they've come through the studio. And we really do hope that it's been an encouragement to you. Now, we're really excited because we have an announcement to make. This fall, we're going to be launching a new segment called PS Plus, and it's going to be hosted by my dear friend, Van Sneed. So if you're listening to this and you're probably already familiar with the format of the postscript where each week Pastor Brandon interviews pastors and missionaries and other professors from the Living Faith Bible Institute. Well, on the PS Plus, we'll take a look at some of the topics that are being discussed and do a deep dive. But don't let that fool you. The episodes are going to be 10 to 15 minutes, so they're short, they're sweet, they're edifying for you, but they're also shareable with your friends, your families and other folks that need to hear it. So that's a really good point. We've always wanted the postscript to be edifying and encouraging to you, but now we're going to be creating content that's shareable for your friends and family. If they want to hear more about what you believe, this is going to be the perfect opportunity for them. So we're really excited about this, and we hope you join us this fall for the PS Plus. We'll see you soon.